The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you this week by you, the hundreds of people who listen to the Door County Pulse podcast and the weekend primer twice a week, every week. If you're an individual or small business who would like to reach out to those hundreds of listeners each week, then why not think about sponsoring an episode of the Door County Pulse podcast or weekend primer? You can do so by emailing us at info at doorcountymarketing.com. From all of us in Door County and across the United States who check in every week to the Door County Pulse podcast, we look forward to hearing from you very soon. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. How are you feeling on this like first full week of fall? Wet? Yeah, it's been it's been kind of dreary. We came off of pretty decent weather, like really starting to feel that cozy vibe, and then went right into like this dark, cold. I mean, we got to the office this morning before all the lights were fully turned on, and it was just like it, your screen was blinding. It was so dark outside. Yeah, it's a. This is one of those gray weeks that I remember back when I would be working at Husby's, looking down the street and being like, "Oh man, summer really is gone." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It it feels like the the gloom of winter is is right around the corner, but we we got another month or two. Right. Why don't we jump right in this week? We have a couple of things that we want to talk about. Um, first off, Jim Lundstrom covered the uh, the Joel Kitchens Assembly Forum. Is that right? Yes. Joel Kitchens and Roberta Thielen are squaring off for the assembly race for the Wisconsin State Assembly. Uh, that includes Door County, parts of uh, uh, Kewanee County and Brown County. Joel Kitchens is a two-term incumbent. Um, he's a former Sturgeon Bay school board member and a large animal vet. And Roberta Thielen has served the last nine years on the uh, Bailey's Harbor. Uh, she's a town supervisor in the town of Bailey's Harbor and also works in Sister Bay at Scandia, Scandia Village Good Samaritan. What, what are some of the major takeaways from this forum? Well, going into this race, you'd have to guess that Kitchens is heavily favored. It's a seat that's been held by Republicans um, for more than 20 years now, I believe. Um, Gary Baez held it for a long time before Joel Kitchens. Thielen kind of came to the race relatively late, um, but she has brought up a lot of environmental issues. She is a kind of anti-Foxconn candidate, where the Foxconn being the large uh, technology company that moved into um, southeastern Wisconsin, Racine area, with about $4 billion in um, Wisconsin state tax incentives. Kitchens supported that effort and uh, spoke up in defense of the Foxconn development um, and touted some of the initiatives that are going on with Foxconn, moving their U.S. headquarters to Milwaukee and doing an innovation center in the Green Bay area and just uh, kind of continued that party line of touting the job growth that will be created by Foxconn and the economic return that Wisconsin supposedly will get from that $4 billion investment. Uh, He touted a number of uh, $18 for every dollar um, in incentives given that Wisconsin would get back. Um, Thielen spoke a lot to the environmental um, issues regarding a a place as large as Foxconn and the water withdrawals they will make um, to to produce the kind of products that they make. They make the large 
glass screens, that really thin glass that's used in a lot of computers and cell phones. And um, I, like uh, Apple is a big uh, buyer of their products. Okay. So the, to make those, you need a ton of water. And they've gotten a lot of exceptions from some of the Wisconsin DNR rules to to get the amount of water that they can to, to manufacture their products. But one of the things that Jim writes about that's kind of interesting, and I've seen it a lot at a lot of these different forums, um, it's very great that the League of Women Voters puts these things on and gives us a chance to ask the candidates questions. But one of the things that happens in these forums where people kind of can submit their questions of whatever they want, the candidates end up getting asked things that they maybe can't do that much about. It, it might be helpful to get their position on certain things, but... You know, asking these candidates about some of the racial disparity in society, you know, if you have an hour to ask these guys questions, that's that's probably kind of low on the totem pole because it's not something that they're um, directly going to address. So Jim wrote a little bit about that. Um, it can be frustrating that people can ask some very vague questions, and sometimes you see the candidates up there going, just kind of pause and try to find a good way to work around it. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of, of frustration on how those forms work, but it's a good chance for people to, to get at least a little taste of what the candidates are about and how they might represent themselves in a in a public forum. And, you know, very similar to what we just went through with the Supreme Court nominee is a part of the judging of that is how does this person comport themselves on, on the big stage? Right. I mean, getting that back and forth. You These forums are great because they give an opportunity for the people to speak directly to the candidates. But you're right. I mean, they're coming up with their own questions and... Oftentimes, people use those forums as a platform to, you know, ask some of the bigger, broader questions that these candidates aren't necessarily in a position to address directly. Um, any other major takeaways from the, the forum? Uh, that was the, the gist of it. Those were kind of the main areas they sparred. They both talked about what their major priorities would be. Um, Kitchens touted the economy in Wisconsin. Thielen spoke more toward the healthcare needs that uh, people have and and the struggle for people to pay for healthcare. We'll have more on on those issues in the Peninsula Pulse in the coming issues as we lead up to the November 6th election to try and get a little more handle on what these candidates might propose for healthcare and and reducing insurance costs, um, or if they feel there is a need to do anything about it. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, there's also a story about uh, Egg Harbor Administrator Ryan Hives. Um, he was largely responsible for supporting public art in Egg Harbor, correct? Yeah, well, he's he's taken the reins. Um, Nancy Fisher, when she was the village board president several years ago, kind of spearheaded and, and touted this effort to um, get a public arts initiative going in Egg Harbor. And what they're doing by public arts initiative, that means, um, you know, sometimes they take the form of paintings, murals, sculptures, um, various forms of art. Um, throughout the village. And if you take a stroll through Egg Harbor and, and you live there and you just stroll around the town, there's a lot of different spots where they have these pretty cool sculptures, maybe in Harborview Park. Mm -hmm. They've got another one up on top of the beach in uh, that as you go toward the Alpine Resort. Um, and they've done a really nice job of just dotting the community. And then when you're in Door County, galleries and, and artistic um, endeavors are such a big part of life here and business here that they've done a nice job of incorporating that into the village. And Ryan was just given an award, the Arts and Community Award, and it's sponsored by Arts Wisconsin and the League of Wisconsin Municipalities. Um, so it's pretty cool for uh, one of our, and, and Ryan's a, a younger administrator as well, who really seems to take 
suggestions from the village and kind of give them room to flourish. And that's uh, what Catherine Mann Beck kind of credited him for. She is the chair of the Egg Harbor Public Arts Initiative. And um, she gave him a lot of credit for helping that initiative to flourish. And actually, one of the things they talked about in that is the the Crest Pavilion as almost a piece of art in itself in right. terms of like architectural art. Um, the the big piece of art that I always think of in Egg Harbor is the big golden egg by the post office. Mm-hmm. Is that something that Ryan would be responsible for? I mean, to say he's responsible for it, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, what he's getting credit for is just uh, helping them to and giving them the space to to flourish um, from a town municipality standpoint. Gotcha. Um, and then Catherine Manbeck, the artists, and some of these people who have worked directly on that committee through the years probably deserve the most credit for getting these, working with the artists, making these things happen, and actually executing the, the projects. Egg Harbor really is one of those communities that you can see the art out front. I mean, as you go through the the egg sculpture, of course, but there's a bunch of different sculptures. Even down in the marina, there are, are big uh, metallic sculptures. Uh, one looks like a big uh, metal skeleton of like a sail. Yeah, kind of rotates yep. in the air. I think that might have been the first one of, of this project that okay. they that they put in down there. In front of Main Street Market, there's a like a shimmering tree. Um, that's mm-hmm. also an effort, uh, a part of the the public arts project there. Yeah, I mean it. I would say more than almost any other community, when you walk through Egg Harbor, you can see those different sculptures. Um, all the different towns up here have different flavors, I would say, but I feel like and Egg Harbor is changing. I mean, it, it's, for a while it was kind of the community of construction because there was a bunch of new stuff being put up. Uh, Shipwrecked was being rebuilt. Hatch Distillery had oh, sure. just been uh, built up. So there was a lot of construction going on, and the the, the main thing I think that has continued throughout all of Egg Harbor is just how it feels very purposeful in that everywhere you go is this kind of curated look. The Harborview Park looking out over the marina, and then as you go up towards the post office, there's more art and the the Main Street shops. Everything there is very purposefully decorated. Yeah, which is, uh, as you're mentioning that, I'm I'm thinking back in my mind when I was a kid running around Egg Harbor. There wasn't even curb and gutter. The the Harborview Park itself was... A chunk of that was the Robert L. Pence Gallery, and a, another chunk of that was the Harvey Hain House. So it was a very narrow, small section of park, and the road to go down to the marina was kind of like a straight shot. Now it kind of winds down to reduce the, uh, the steepness of it, but it used to be like a straight shot down, so we would ride our bikes down there and go flying off the end of the dock. Mm-hmm. But uh, the to see where it is now, they were, and they were, at that time, you know, I think there was a, a farm in the center of town, um, where Main Street shops are now, and there there used to be just open fields dotting Egg Harbor. It was really, really a, probably the last of the really tiny towns in Northern Door. Um, not that they're busy metropolises now, but there was really not that much going on there um, only 30 years ago. Well, and using the, the outlying space, too, I mean, I feel like in the last couple of years, we've pushed out of 42 a little bit more. So Main Street Market definitely pushes you down towards, like, the dog park in that area of Egg Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then now the Crest Pavilion is another one that's it's not right off the highway, so you have to travel back to that second part. It just kind of expands the overall breadth of Egg Harbor. And then on the opposite side of those buildings, as you're going down 42, you have all of these properties and, and structures that were built on the hill. And it's really cool to to see those kind of sticking up out of the side of the hill with bridges to the highway. Oh, yeah. um, there's a couple buildings right along 42 that are like that, where it's got the bridge connecting 
from the sure. road. Um, it's just Egg Harbor is in such a, a unique spot, and it really took advantage of its location to create something really interesting. Yeah, and you get that big view right as you come around the corner there where Shipwreck is on the one side, and then you're looking at Harborview Park, and you get that beautiful panorama with the point um, sticking out across the bay. Um, yeah, Egg Harbor's come a long way. So moving on, we're going to shift gears here again a little bit. Assistant editor Alyssa Emke had the opportunity to interview Tracy K. Smith, who is the U.S. Poet Laureate. So I'm going to meet up with Alyssa here shortly. We're going to talk about that interview. Uh, And then when we come back from that, you and I are going to dig into the uh, Eagle Tower reconstruction project and the update that's come out recently about how that's moving forward. Yeah, that'll be great. And it's it'll be really interesting what Alyssa has to say about her conversation with Tracy K. Smith. Really cool that uh, a U.S. Poet Laureate is coming to Door County. Right. So I will meet up with her and then get back with you shortly. We are back, and I am joined by Alyssa Emke. How are you, Alyssa? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. This is your first time on the podcast. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do here at The Pulse? My name is Alyssa, like Andrew just said. I am the assistant editor here at The Pulse and at Door County Living Magazine. That means I read a lot of stuff, and I work with our editors on stuff that they're writing and um, other freelancers that work for us in the paper. Recently, you had the opportunity to interview Tracy K. Smith, the U.S. Poet Laureate for 2018. Is that correct? That's correct. She was actually appointed in 2017. Oh, okay. Yep. Great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about her and uh, what the U.S. Poet Laureate does? Uh, Yep. Tracy K. Smith uh, was appointed in 2017, and the Poet Laureate is uh, appointed by the Library of Congress to promote poetry throughout the United States. And each Poet Laureate has a different way that they do that. Um, Tracy is going on a rural tour of um, communities across America. Um, Her most recent one was in Alaska. So she had a, a many different communities that she visited there. Um, And then she's visiting us in Southern Door on October 11th. So it's Tracy's goal to kind of spread poetry awareness, as all laureates do, but to more uh, rural or smaller towns? Yeah, she wants to get it to uh, people who don't often get the opportunity to hear people like her speak and visit their communities. Um, She said in her interview that she's used to reading at university campuses in bigger cities But that audience is already familiar with poets and um, bringing it to rural communities just opens it up, opens the dialogue up to different people and perspectives. Did you get to meet with her in person and did you call her on the phone? I called her on the phone. Um, She has a very busy schedule. We are very lucky to get an interview with her. Uh, My editor, Jim, he's the one who set that up. I'm very grateful for him uh, because she just has a very tight schedule. Right. Yeah. Um, So what kind of things did you two talk about? We mainly talked about why she wanted to uh, visit rural communities. And I read her latest uh, uh, book of poetry called Wade in the Water. And I asked her specific questions about some of those poems in there. Is this going to be in this coming issue of The Pulse or will this be a, a magazine article? It is in this Friday's issue of The Pulse. Okay, great. She's coming here and she's having a dinner that um, a few people are invited to, and I'm going to that. And then hopefully, depending on how that goes, I'll write something for the magazine about that. Cool. What were your big takeaways from talking with Tracy? I was just like in awe of, um, she's very powerful. 
in what she says, but she comes across very soft-spoken on having that dynamic between having very powerful words and then just being soft-spoken. That's impactful. Uh, the, the one big question I had that I was very grateful she answered, she has a poem in Wade in the Water called Declaration. It's an erasure poem, meaning it's a, it's a found poem. She took the Declaration of Independence and basically deleted most of the words in there. So only a few select words are left. And I asked her, how'd she even come up with that? Because it is very powerful when you read it. It seems like it could be a very current. It, it speaks to our times, but it's from the Declaration of Independence. And she said she just kind of came to it. She was working on a different poem. And she didn't like it, didn't like where it was going. And um, she decided, I'm putting that away. I have historical text I want to read. She read the Declaration of Independence, and it just came to her. Yeah. Uh, so one more time, when is she going to be here in Door County and where? She is go- going to be here October 11th. She starts speaking at 7 p.m. at the Southern Door Community Auditorium. It is free and open to the public. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to reading the interview that you did, Alyssa, this week. Uh, this will be in the Pulse that's out today. Really looking forward to checking that out. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and chatting with me, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. All right, I am back with Miles Danhausen. Miles, the Eagle Tower reconstruction project is moving forward. The DNR just released new sketches of the proposed tower. Is that correct? Yeah, they, um, they've, they've kind of got the tower through all of its approval processes now at the state level and the DNR level to move forward with the new plan, which includes uh, an 850-foot ramp to provide uh, wheelchair accessibility and ADA accessibility to the tower. And they released a couple new sketches for that. Um, They're kind of eye-opening. Depending on, I know that I've seen some comments on social media already. Some people hate that ramp look, and some people are loving it. And especially a lot of people who've never gotten the chance to get to the top of Eagle Tower, um, it opens up a a whole new viewpoint that, that people haven't had. I think my major takeaway from seeing the images is that no amount of picture or 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 sketching will illustrate what this is actually going to look at. Um, when you when you see the drawing, you get kind of a diagram of how it's going to look. And you really have to dig around to see stuff because it looks it looks big and complicated right away. But the, at the core of it is a reconstructed tower. Now, I think it's a couple feet lower than the original tower, but for the most part, you can still walk up the spiral staircase the same way that you could before Eagle Tower went down. Then coming off the back of that is this huge ramp that will kind of snake around the park. So there's two sketches that I saw, one being more of a diagram and then one showing it kind of in the trees. Mm-hmm. And I think the big takeaway is going to be it it doesn't read correctly the way that it's being shown. When it's actually built, walking up that ramp is going to give you a really cool perspective of the trees and the nature as you're going through it. So rather than just climbing the tower and looking out, you're going to be seeing a different perspective of the whole park as you're climbing the ramp. Yeah, if they do it right, it, it should be a really cool experience. They, in, As part of that 850-foot ramp, there is an, a second sort of observation tower, not as tall as the main tower, that will be in the woods. That's about halfway up the ramp. Um, I was on a similar structure in, uh, I believe it's pronounced Galeen, Michigan. Um, there is a kind of, a, that's a canopy walk where you you exit kind of at the top of a bluff, you walk out onto this ramp, 
And as you walk out below you, you're kind of going up amongst the treetops and you go out maybe a hundred yards and then you're looking out over this, uh, the Galeen River and all this wildlife down below. It's a really cool structure. I actually thought it'd be a really cool thing that, that they could do along the Gibraltar uh, Bluff as you go into Fish Creek. But yeah, this, this tower walkway, there, there is that benefit of it. On the other hand, it's going to look different, right? It's not just going to be this solo tower kind of like just rising up and, and that kind of iconic look will be diminished a little bit. But you will also have that ramp that's going to go over the, over the road as you approach the tower. And it's not going to be as tall, like you said. It's only going to be 60 feet tall, which I believe is about 14 feet shorter than the uh, mm-hmm. old tower. But the good news is that in as of right now, they're slated to build it and start construction next spring and have a new tower up there by the fall of 2019. So it's actually finally going to happen after four years of, I think it's been four years since the tower was closed. Right. The thing that I'm the most excited about is, you know, when you climb the tower, normally you you get to look up at the tower, and then you climb the tower and get to see the stairs, and then when you get to the top, you get your great view. But by taking the ramp this time around, it's basically like walking through a trail, except you're slowly rising in the air. You're going to get to look at these trees in ways that you haven't been able to look at them before. You're going to get to get up close and personal with the the tree canopy and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you get a little bit of a, a bit of a bird's experience, if you will. I'm pretty excited for this reconstruction project. I think it's going to be really cool. You lose 14 feet, but I mean, bring a selfie stick up and then just hold it above your head, <laughs> and then you've got the same view that you had before. Um, you know, you had mentioned some of the comments on on social media uh, where where people often just instead of going, "Okay, this is this is happening. This is good." They lament what it's not right, right. away. And it was funny because one of those was somebody saying they should just build an elevator and save some money and build an elevator. And you can tell that some of these people clearly have not followed the discussion because... An elevator was one of the options, right? And it was far more expensive. Right. So, Because to, to build that elevator, you'd have to run electric to it, and there's just much greater maintenance. And so every time we post an update on Eagle Tower, it's like relitigating the whole thing all over again. It's a little frustrating to watch from our standpoint as editors, but at least people are having the discussion, and luckily there's enough people who know the background that they... There's a like a good uh, public forum of people to correct things. I think they should have gone with the cheapest option, which would have been just rebuild the tower as is and then put in some sort of bucket and pulley system to get people up to the top. <laughs> I don't think that would uh, fly with the ADA rec- um, regulations. The other thing is, and we'll be looking at this, I, I know there is an effort. Uh, there's one other tower in the county that people are worried about, Potawatomi Tower. This weekend is the Run Wild in Potawatomi State Park, and that is put on by the Friends of Potawatomi State Park. And I'm sure there'll be some more information there. I know there is a group that's working to try and, and I don't think save that tower, but maybe reconstruct something in Potawatomi State Park as well. Uh, that tower, they're, they're having basically the same exact um, scenario that played out in Peninsula State Park. Well, I guess my question moving forward would be, do you think that Eagle Tower's reconstruction hurts or helps Potawatomi's case, or is that something that we have yet to to see? Because on one hand, if if this Eagle Tower project is really successful and people really gravitate to the new design, I feel like that is a, a big incentive to redo Potawatomi in the same way, or at least to push for support in that. 
On the other hand, if this isn't as successful and people shy more away from this design, do you feel that that hurts Potawatomi's chances of being rebuilt, or are people going to be invigorated to push forward in a different way? My instinct would be that it kind of hurts Potawatomi because, A, the state has committed $750,000 to the Eagle Tower reconstruction, and it took a little finagling to get them to even commit to that. The total cost of that project is going to be over a little over $2 million if it comes in at budget. So the odds of the state turning around and committing a similar figure at another park in Door County, that'd be hard to do. I mean, they, got, they have to spread their um, infrastructure dollars at county park or state parks all over the state. And I think they would face a little bit of a hurdle committing another big chunk to a tower... 30 minutes away from the other one. And it's also Friends of uh, Peninsula State Park has raised $750,000 for that tower. So I don't know if that might have eaten into a lot of the money that might be available out there from a philanthropic standpoint to go to that Potawatomi Tower. The other side being Peninsula State Park is, that tower is definitely uh, a more well-known symbol of Door County. as it is kind of like a hallmark of both Ephraim and Fish Creek and as a icon of and, and centerpiece of family vacations for so many years. Um, not that the Potawatomi one is not, but I would say like the Eagle Tower one is probably just a little more well-known. Mm-hmm. The shame of it is that Potawatomi Tower might might have a better view, honestly. Like looking across the islands out front and into Sturgeon Bay, it's it's really a beautiful attraction and it'd be a shame if that's just gone forever. Right. But that's what we get when we don't fund our state parks for many, many years and we fall behind on maintenance. Sure. So if, if Potawatomi has any hope at all moving forward, it it's going to take a much bigger public push for it. Is that I, right? I, yeah, I think it's a, I think they have a longer haul in part because there's a little bit of tower fatigue, you know, after the Eagle Tower effort and all the public meetings and all the kind of outrage and groundswell of support for it and the calling of legislatures and holding the public meetings for it, it takes a long time to to maneuver through the DNR's processes and the state processes when you want to save something like that. And you just wonder how much more energy people have for Potawatomi and then even the state legislatures. Do you think maybe it might have been a timing thing? If if these two towers had, had faced the same fate at the same time, do you think an effort to restore our towers could have gained as much traction as the Eagle Howard Tower front did? Good question. You'd be looking at double the money. It's a bigger ask. It's a. I, I think the state might have said you get one or the other. And, and I think they probably knew from the start. They didn't say this, but as soon as the Eagle Tower one was evaluated and they said it couldn't be saved, I'm sure the, the powers that be knew they were going to be doing that with Potawatomi. They just wouldn't say anything for a couple of years. Sure. Uh, any other major takeaways from the the new sketches? Not a lot. I mean, like you said, the the, the rendering makes it look a little bare because they don't have it with the trees in there. Um, hopefully, they're not just clear cutting, and I don't I don't think they would in the state park. There, but... there is a second render where they've kind of fussed it in with some satellite photos to show how it's going to look in the trees. Um, I think it does a better job of showing what the overall project will look like, but it doesn't. I don't think it it conveys that perspective shift that you're going to get as you walk up the platform. Yeah, I would encourage anybody to for the best idea, maybe looking for that that Galeen River. It's in Southwest Michigan. That canopy walk that they have, 
might provide the best idea of what something like this could look like. It is a really cool um, park and, and, and view there, and hopefully they do something that does the same justice here. Mm-hmm. It'll just be nice to have something back in that spot rather right. than a barricade and kind of an empty block of old memories there. Right. On the the other final takeaway take I have from it is go to Washington Island where they <laughs> where they built their fire tower just so people could could climb and look out. Uh, one of the cool things about the island is like yeah, let's build a tower, and that one is still in great shape, and it's a good hike, and there's spectacular views from the top of that one. If you want to see these sketches for yourself, we have them available at doorcountypulse.com. Uh, we've also linked to this article on our Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely go check them out for yourself. And then you can jump into the discussion on our Facebook page as well and let us know what you think about the the sketches. Yeah, chime in and uh, drive yourself as batty as we drive ourselves as editors. Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week, Miles. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Do you have any big weekend plans coming up? I am going to try and get up early and head down and do the run wild. Uh, probably just the... The 5K version. I think they have a 10K as well. I'm not going to be that ambitious. Um, But yeah, go down there and and take a run through the park and see the tower one more time before they start dismantling it whenever that's going to happen. Great. I think I will see you there because my wife, I believe, is actually running that race All right. So we'll meet up down there. Um, Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.